Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the D.C. Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Legero. And I'm her assistant, Moshe Kasher, and your husband for now. How's it going, Tash? Good. I, you know, I did a job the other day and someone came out to me and they said, I love your podcast. And they're like, we listen to it all the time. I was like, oh, that's great. And then I was like, do you think my husband talks on it too much? And okay. and they said, he does talk more than you, but we really like what he says. Cool. So anyway, <laughs> I today, thought you would like that. I love that. Who doesn't like a backhanded compliment like that? <laughs> How could I not? It's a critique. <laughs> It's a critique with a, it's like an Oreo. It's a Oreo, a, a critique cookie crust with a creamy compliment filling. And then at the end, there's a little critique as well. No, I was just, I thought you would like it that they said, yes, he does. T-. They said something that made me say that. I don't mm, remember what it was. Mm-hmm. They were like, you, you want to know what oh, I Oh no, heard? I know what they said. Ooh, let's this hear is it. what they said. It was so good. They were like, we listen, my, my girlfriend and I listened to you on road trips. It was a guy. He's like, my girlfriend and I listened to you on road trips. And then we always get into a fight after for like similar things because like she agrees with you and I agree with him. And and so I think we're like sparking it. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And then then maybe I said that, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking the other day of a conversation I had with a friend with a boyfriend of mine. Um, he was saying that he and his girlfriend listen to the podcast. Yeah. And they love it. But they only love the parts when I talk. And they were saying, would it be possible for you to launch a podcast of your own where it's just you? They said there's a lot of just but like noise when that other lady, they called you that other lady. And I was like, are you talking about Natasha? They were like, yeah, I guess that's her name. No, that's not what I was thinking. I was just thinking the other day that when we began this podcast, 
we we used to every week, you know, uh, w- one of the difficulties of having a podcast is that you have to every week figure out what you're going to talk about in the beginning. We're always like, what should we talk about tonight? What should we talk about tonight? But in the beginning, our first few months, actually, we would do that thing that we'd call the fight of the week. And we would we'd be scouring our previous week to find something that we talked about that we'd fought about. Mm-hmm. But then people started talking shit. They were like, I don't know. It's a little depressing, a little intense. Moshe's kind of being an asshole. Damn, <laughs> Natasha seems like she's miserable to live with. And it's like, you realize like, well, we, we thought we were being like uh, revelatory and vulnerable. And, and it, I'm sure most people liked it. It's very difficult to not let critiques inform your editorial choices. But at a certain point, it became too vulnerable. And I was like, I'm not trying to think about it. Own- I didn't even know that was happening. When's the last time we did had a fight of the week? Oh, I didn't know you were purposely not doing that. Well, now you know. And Wait, you checked too many at replies? All I'm saying is, this is what I'm saying. Think about your own relationships, right? Think about the ugliness of your own relationships, the pettiness that can occur, the imperfections, the humanness of your own relationships. Now think that you're going through those trawling through them to try to find the most entertaining but also m- most uh, inflammatory conversation you had in the last week also the thing that you that you're okay saying in public right we did we have you think those fights were bad (laughs) you should hear the fight of the week that we didn't tell you about wait i just realized why you stopped doing it why because more people must have agreed with me on your timeline (laughs) yeah my whole timeline and you're like let's stop doing the fight of the week (laughs) is that an impression of me that's good and you're like i like the fight of the week that's you that's more your the way you sound when you talk. I mean, I just remember th- feeling a lot of love when we had those. And I was like, oh, yeah, people are kind of thinking I'm right. OK, we want to go back to the fight of the week. No, we don't have to. Um, that's not what happened. Actually, what my my at replies were filled with people saying, um, though, you talk too much when you talk, we listen. And it's wisdom like pearls from the divine lips of God. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Natasha, we are going away tomorrow to stay with your father for one week. Yeah. Check back in a couple of days. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm going to be doing a lot of grocery shopping. Oh, you're going to be telling your dad like, oh, we need more groceries. <laughs> and you're going to be dipping out. You don't think he could see through that? I mean, you're so transparent sometimes, Natasha. The, the, today, I think it was today, she I, I, she goes, something weird happened. And she was not being sarcastic. She goes, something weird happened. Someone took the laundry out of the, <laughs> the dryer and put it on the dirty ground. <laughs> Who do you think it was? And, and it was like, do you not think that I'm capable? I, I did act like I was scared. Yes, like I'm going to be like, oh, it was me. Oh, oh, oh. No, that that I thought maybe someone had broken into the house. Right, but it was because so transparent. The way you left the laundry, because we don't have a clean laundry floor. It's like a sub floor, like a base, you know, like dirt mm-hmm. floor mm-hmm. where our laundry is. And instead of putting it in a in a basket, you just threw it all, Here's- strewn it all over the floor. And if, if, if you were a roommate and did something like that, your roommate would have a talk with you. I am a roommate and you did have a talk with me. Let me tell you how if I were a roommate and you did that, how I would approach that. Okay. Hey, Tosh. Yeah? You left all the laundry on the floor. Would you mind just putting it in a basket next time? It was Boom, strewn. bang, bang. It was strewn in such a way you that it looked... You said strewn twice now. It looked like maybe there it was like there'd been an accident. <laughs> you say strewn now? 
scene of the crime kind of situation. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, I, I did cross no, my you, mind. No, it didn't. It was such a it weird. It crossed your mind. You didn't even take it out and put it in the neat pile. You like, it was like you were trying to throw it across the room. So I was like, oh, maybe someone could have broken in. Here's me. <laughs> Here's me approaching that situation. <laughs> hey, the laundry's on the floor. Would you mind putting it in a basket? Bingo, bango, boonga. I said what I wanted. You, it was clear. I, now we're done with the interaction. Here's you. Do you think that there's a possibility of a bandit in the neighborhood who's come in and found the code to a laundry room or perhaps some sort of specter floated through town, a laundry ghost? Or was it you? Okay, I'm starting to remember why we didn't do this. (laughs) Tosh, what do you say? Should we just jump into some calls? Yeah, let's do it. Let's freaking do it. We're going to call John in Grand Rapids, Michigan, home of Dr. Grins, Comedy Club, and Dance Club, place to get wings. John. Hi, John. John, I have a question for you. I'm, I'm ready. Hit me. Have you ever paid for tickets to see comedy at Dr. Grins that got you in free to the dance club right afterwards? Uh, to Eve? Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. You better believe it. <laughs> I'd go to a club named Eve. Oh, yes. Absolutely. It's tailor-made for you, Natasha. You're good. You're One of the good. most depressing... Do they pop bottles there? I like that. For sure. Uh, yes, absolutely. What's... Contractually obligated to pop bottles. One of the most depressing sounds of comedy is when you're at a club like that where it's a combo nightclub and comedy club. And on the late show, especially if it's not going well, all of a sudden, like the sound system starts kicking in because the dance club has started and like they're cheering downstairs. You're barely doing well upstairs and you can hear the bass of the thumping nightclub ruining your final show. Sounds rough. John, fair, no, one, no one does well in Grand Rapids, just so you know. So. <laughs> no, I like I like Dr. Grins. It's a yeah. good place. It's just that particular. Have you done that, Tosh? Oh, no. When that offer comes in, I say I'm busy. <laughs> OK, <laughs> I just can't deal with the comedy club attached to a nightclub. Yeah, there used to be a place called the Fat Cat in Modesto, California, and people were not there for the comedy. They were there because they could get into the dance club free if they came to the comedy. And that is the worst situation in comedy. It's a good deal. It is a good deal for them. John, speaking of good deals, we're here to provide you with absolutely free counseling that we are not qualified to give. What's happening? Um, Yeah, uh, I'm really excited to be on here. By the way, I uh, was really nervous until I remembered that somebody called in to ask which dog sitter to fire. So. (laughs) <laughs> really... you worked on your opening bit that's pretty no, good no, and it made us laugh no i feel i'm feeling good um no john I... I know you were excited but you were not excited enough to turn on a light that would illuminate your face <laughs> the, the do you have the that. capability no the vibe all right is, uh, this is how this is how bright it gets in grand rapids okay <laughs> okay great what's uh, happening basically i'm a 38 year old single dad uh to twin boys twin four-year-old boys um my question is, or just my the advice I need is, um, I feel like I'm spinning plates constantly, uh, especially as a single dad, and I'm really anxious. Twins love that though; they love that <laughs> plate spinning dad. Yeah, they do. They're, they're into it. Yeah, for sure. That is a fun dad. Yeah, yeah proud of me. 
Um, do you have Do you have joint custody or are you full time single dad? Um, it's joint custody, but I have them. I pretty much the majority of the time. Well, let me give you my advice just right off the bat. Okay. When it comes to joint custody with twins, it's best to separate the custody <laughs> out to only take one twin at a time. You know what I'm saying? Separate the unit, bring one twin in, be like, this is what it's like to do with dad, the other twin in, and treat them differently too. So they have stories to exchange and they'll have a, a more of a of a diverse upbringing. Be mean to one, kind to the other. I'm glad I called in already. That's great. <laughs> All right, great. Um, no, so yes, finish. So you... I'm just I'm, spinning, especially post uh, post pandemic. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm getting like increasingly a little bit more agoraphobic or like set in my ways because my time is spent either working, um, taking care of the boys or or thinking about what I'm going to do next when I'm taking care of the boys. So it's like introducing a new plate into my life at any point seems very difficult um, and, and challenging and uh I'm not great at the like tiny steps at a time, but uh, just wondering if you have any advice about kind of introducing dating back into the, your life after I've, I haven't done it in like two years approximately. Um, and just kind of maintaining a, a, a lifestyle that's not just, you know, taking care of my boys and then prepping to take care of my boys next uh, and, and kind of finding time for that, especially with like a not the best financial situation. So. Well, it's really hard to take care of one three-year-old as a as a wife with a husband. So yeah. I can imagine two, and it's a girl. I have a girl, so I can imagine two four-year-old boys must be a lot of work. It definitely is. Yep, they're always uh, swatting at each other and wrestling. It's just like predisposed to do that. So, um, so I'm saying separate them out. There's nobody to wrestle anymore. That's fun. I have some thoughts off the top. These are not, I mean, obviously neither Natasha nor I have direct experience with what you're going through, but one thing, but emotionally, I really was relating to you the kind of like uh, acquired agoraphobia that the last two years has given to both of us. And also this feeling as you get older, where your life becomes so set up that it starts to feel like it's it can start to feel repetitious yep. and and sometimes in a positive way and sometimes in a negative way but my my thought in terms of bringing dating into it I have two thoughts first of all take comfort in the fact that everyone on earth including all of the people you may potentially date are dealing with their own version of this whatever you know it's not the specific sure like you but everybody's more agoraphobic everybody's more like how do i get back out there everybody's feeling that same feeling so like our advice is always right to be soft on yourself and like that's a way to be soft on yourself is just realize you're not going you're not the only one going through a version of this everybody that you would potentially date would be going through a version of this sure. right right yeah and it's like you know i i feel it too but I'm trying to think of where you could meet people. Well, there's ob the <laughs> obvious the playground. Eve. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go back to Eve, baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Doctor grins and then Eve right afterwards. So. <laughs> that's right. You're funny. You're cute. You're you seem like you're a good dad, and you know it's like you're not gonna have a lot of time. So it's like you you're just gonna have to be open in your mind in places sure. that you might not think you would be open, right? Well, the, the other thing that I was thinking was it's very easy when you have a child 
at this age to feel like this is the way life is from now on. But the, the one beautiful part of this story for you is this is n- in no way a static situation. Right. Your kids are, are four and soon they'll be five and then they'll be six. And very quickly, every year, every minute, things are going to be changing and you're going to get increased mm-hmm. autonomy and there's things are going to adjust, right? So Absolutely. you're not in a static situation even though time becomes very warpy when you have a kid because it's so overwhelming. It feels like this is my reality now, but it's not. My other thought though is, uh, is that you find somebody that has a similar situation to you. Find somebody who's also a single, a single mom is going to be like, this is, they're going to love this idea. It's like, they're going to think you're the best. I mean, you're a plate spinner. Also, I think it might, it might be positive for you to really take this time where you are busy and your time is, you know, kind of all allotted for. But when you do think about romance or anything, think about what you want and think about what's ideal and what, you know, because if you can, if you can imagine it, it could happen, you know, like what would be ideal, you know, a partner, Someone with no kids. Some, I mean, you're cute enough. You could probably get a young girl who doesn't have any kids. That is the second time. <laughs> second time she's called you cute. Just so you know, I'm, I noticed. Um, I would imagine. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I would imagine that being a single dad, 38, you're still still in the youngish zone. You're approaching the not youngish zone, but you're still in the young zone. But you have four. You have twin twin boys that are four there's got to be some part of you that's like who the hell would want to date me yeah like a, in a this situation part, a large part of me that says of that. course <laughs> like that's such a natural thing to think because you're like who wants this if it was one kid maybe you know if but it's two kids like who would ever want to be around me and the answer to that is so obvious it's a woman who's also has kids i mean sure. i think that opening that's scary and intimidating to be like wow i'm gonna introduce another kid but you're not you're not there yet so like you don't you don't automatically start dating someone's kids but that person will automatically be sympathetic and not think of you as like too big of a challenge to date so it's like that's my advice is like go to some twin groups or look up (laughs) twins on tinder you know i bet i guarantee (laughs) i i I, my my shadow account on tinder i don't do a lot of search terms but uh, except, well, there's a couple, but they're they're not really safe for the podcast. But I bet you anything on Tinder or whatever dating app you're on, if you're on any, you can search for twins and then you'll find I'm a loving mother of two twins. And you'll be like, oh, my God, th- this is perfect. Yeah. What about that? It's um, you can't really search it. I've, I'm on Bumble. Uh, shout out to Bumble. But like I uh, like you can't really search it. But, you know, it's a priority for me to look for people on there that, you know, it's either like kids or have kids already. Um, and isn't there that there's one of those sites where you can ask questions, um, that they have to answer in order to get to your account. Right. So they look at your, and and Natasha, as she said, is like totally horny for you physically. (laughs) Like they'd see your face that makes them horny. They'd answer the question is having twins, a deal breaker for you. If they answer that question correctly, then they get, then they contact you. If they answered incorrectly, they're filtered out and you'll never meet those people. Um, also, also, we should think about what is a good date for him to go on that's not going to cost him a hundred dollars every time he goes on a date. Yeah, there you go. Mm. That was, that's the best mm. advice. Oh yeah, how do you say? Well, I mean, it, well, you could meet obviously for. Is there? I think like an outdoor thing. Like dating. If, yeah. if you could like find a place that's like overlooking a park where you could have coffee or like go on like a a walk in the botanical garden that will cost sure. you fifteen dollars to get in, or you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Try to think of something where you could like 
you know, maybe move and talk in the day free, but beautiful. So you don't feel cheap. Absolutely. And and see, you know, see if you get to know anybody. Because you can't just be like taking people out to like Grand Rapids. I'm sure you have some aren't there like it doesn't have to be overly romantic. You don't have to like walk the Rose Garden or whatever, but you know, botanical gardens, public parks, historical kind of <clears throat> loops. Listen, uh, a little cafe that's outside by a park. You know what I mean? Yeah, for coffee. I mean, we have like the lakeshore too. I mean, like there's plenty, plenty of there's no shortage of like outdoor things to do. So um, yeah, and something that's like fun, but like that has an ending and is outside and cheap. I love it. <laughs> I think that we could also easily get you tickets to any Dr. Grin's comedy club show that you want. So <laughs> if you find somebody special, hit us back up and we'll get you into Oh, don't take a date to a comedy club. That's a great uh-uh. date. No, I, you... it's not. Because then you might start saying something that embarrasses her and then it reflects badly on him. Oh, boy. Just don't let her come to Moshe's show. Well, I'm not no, gonna... not him. But I'm just saying Comedy's in general. Comedy's not Moshe's. Okay, got it. Comedy's a, comedy's a great No, it's not because you don't get to know anybody. That's the point. That's the first date. You do the beforehand. Yeah, but then you have to go on a second date to get to know him. At least if you do something in the day over coffee when you're not drunk, you can kind of see if you have like stuff in common with this person. All in all, I think that I can distill our advice to be easy on yourself because I that's that's everything I think Natasha and I have said to you, I think comes down to that. Like I'm now that the more time I've had to think about what you how you posed your scenarios like. I'm 38. I've got two twins. I'm only thinking about that. I don't have a lot of money. Who who would want to date me? It's all um, a loop of kind of like soft negativity. Sure. And like in reality, like Natasha said, you're a funny guy. You're attractive. Like you have you're a loving dad. Like that's very attractive to a lot of women. And I think that you're a bigger catch than you think you are. I would date you if I was in Grand Rapids. Wow, y'all. You really, uh, you really built me up on this one. So no, uh, I think it's true. We're not, we're not, we're not joking. Just be easy on yourself because yeah. Last night I like uh, came came after I spent all day with my kid. I was so exhausted at like eight forty five. I came to in front of the TV. I watched twenty minutes of Clue. Then I read half of a magazine article and then I fell asleep. <laughs> and I just felt like such a loser. I'm like, I can't <laughs> even watch a movie. I can't even read a full article. I'm just like, yeah. You know, sometimes you just need to take a break for a couple months. Absolutely. Be easy on yourself. Because you know, I just was realizing you know what's a bigger turnoff than don't have a lot of money single dad to two twins uh don't have a lot of time bigger turnoff is i talk about myself in ways that are negative you know it's like knowing that what you're doing is awesome and it is awesome like there's two ways to look at everything it's like yeah i don't have a lot of money because i'm busy being a dad and i and i've got these awesome kids not that you're i I know that's a part of your personality too i'm not saying you don't think that i'm just saying the way the story that you tell about yourself if it's like if you can be easier on with that story i i think that it'll be easier to find a partner that's what i think you know and i've spent like the last year trying to get better at that too where it's just like you know even if it's just like self-deprecation and joking like it's still that negative self-talk and then you start to believe yourself um so yeah thank you i appreciate it yeah i think that's that's very helpful negative self-talk is just part of being smart that is true it's true get that tattooed on my back (laughs) on your lower back that's also a thing that women really like is a nice (laughs) lower back tattoo on a man (laughs) that take that to eve they love it there. That's um, good luck to you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks Thank you. We appreciate you and good luck. Honestly, 
Find somebody with twins and your life, I think that'll be so exciting for you. Perfect. I'm, I'm, All okay. right, good luck. Bye. 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 Thank you. He was sweet. I wanted to, yeah. You want more? No, I just, you know, it's hard to get back. I, I was having more fun in the pandemic than I'm having now. Is that true? Kind of. Hmm. Because I feel a little like confused. Like what do you do next? Yeah. Because I, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, let's book some shows. And then it's like, oh, uh, uh, someone on American Airlines just got <laughs> taped to their seat because they were like <laughs> duct taped to their seat because they wouldn't, you know, they tried to open up the uh, the the fuselage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, people are talking about how and I was at the air. I was at the airport recently and it was it was like very dystopian. The airport? Yeah. What was dystopian about it? It was just like people were mad. People were screaming. There was like one person screaming and mad like every like, I'd say, you know, section. You know? People keep talking about how unruly passengers are. But I'm like, that doesn't mean that flying is unsafe. It means that it's statistically slightly more aggro people. Right. But then it also means that there's like more variants and maybe airports would be a bad place. You and your variants. <clears throat> Are you, you scared of variants? No, but our kid isn't vaccinated. And they're saying once the weather gets colder, then people who aren't vaccinated are going to be very susceptible and they could get it. And this thing spreads 50 times faster than the old coronavirus, whatever. So I'm just saying if that's what they're saying, then schools will have to close down and what do we do chill out we'll get to hang out with our kid more well i guess that is a pretty good way of looking at it I'll, i'm trying to take the advice i just gave to old john be easy on yourself be soft because it's like everybody's going through a hard time like don't i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like there could also be like but it's also easy on yourself to not look at the news cycle to try to find the worst possible thing that could happen to you in six months i'm like i'm staying i'm all about that p m E, positive mental PMA, positive mental attitude. Is that what it is? And how long have you been practicing this? I'm, my whole life. Are you kidding? I'm a very positive person. You are, but I don't think you. I don't see you as someone who practices having a positive mental attitude. I'm just like when it comes to all this stuff. I just I'm not trying to dwell on the negative. What's the point? If the negative will happen, it's going to happen. It won't. It won't not happen because you were worried about it. It's not like oh, I worried about it, so I was able to avoid it. It's happening anyway, so you might as well just like once more into the be breach, dear friends, or whatever Shakespeare said. What did he say? I don't know, honey. Okay. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mush. CBD <laughs> helps you out with the things that stress you out, and there's never been a more stressful time probably in history. Why don't you try Caliper CBD? What I like about Caliper is it comes in powder. You can easily put it in your smoothie. It's not disgusting tasting. You can't taste it at all, right? You can totally measure your dosage. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Caliper delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes versus the CBD oil. So the powder actually hits you way faster. Yeah, you, you gotta feel how that powder hit. I mean, you just put it in your smoothie, you're not even gonna taste it all of the benefits of CBD in just 10 minutes. No weird taste, all natural, vegan, non-GMO, free of fillers, any added chemicals and artificial flavors, they don't have that. Try it. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code HONEYMOON at tricaliper.com slash honeymoon. 
you can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. And if you don't love it and you can't tell a difference, they'll give you a full refund. Trycaliper.com slash honeymoon. Caliper. Don't forget promo code honeymoon for 20% off your first order. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. I got a huge announcement. What? Well, this episode is being brought to you by Biddy Baby from American Girl. The day has come that we finally got the American Girl doll sponsorship that we started this podcast to achieve. Now, listen, if you have kids and you want to get them a really, really special gift, may we recommend the Biddy Baby. Biddy Baby provides young children a fun way to learn by enacting moments of nurture. They're really huggable. The attention to detail on these dolls is awesome. And they give lessons that are meant to last. You can customize the doll's accessories and outfits to encourage your little baby to act out moments of kindness and care. That's something that I have really been trying to do with my kids. Actually, I'd like for you to do it with me. I should get you a bitty baby. <laughs> you can get an exclusive one-time offer of 15% off of your order of bitty baby products with promo code HONEYMOON at AmericanGirl.com. I am so stoked that Bitty Baby is sponsoring this episode. If you have been thinking about getting your kid an American Girl doll, we've got a discount for you. AmericanGirlDoll.com promo code HONEYMOON for 15% off. Exclusions include 18-inch dolls, Courtney Arcade, and Bitty Baby Furniture. See AmericanGirlDoll.com for details. Do well, you want to do a couple secrets? Yeah, let's do it. Hi, Mosha and Natasha. Uh, big fan of the show and I'm calling with a secret today that actually just happened to me. Um, it actually relates to uh, the recent episode with the terrible douching roommate, because apparently he doesn't know how to fucking douche, but that's besides the point. So my partner and I have been starting to get into anal play a little bit. Um, I'm a woman, he's a man. And so I've been douching because I'm polite. And I was just, just did it just now to prepare for tonight's session and as I was getting the bulb out of the, the nozzle that goes, that shoots water up your asshole, I squeezed out the remaining water and there a fucking ant popped out. Like a little creepy crawly fucking ant. And I have no idea how long it has been in the douche nozzle. I have no idea if I shot and another ant up my ass like what the fuck like where did it come from um anyways i really hope i don't have ants in my asshole because that would suck for animal sex um anyways love the show thank you bye yeah that's pretty rough wait how did everyone know that a douche could clean out your butthole i never even thought of that, about that i thought it was it was totally marketed for women in, in their vaginas well yeah but it's just well it's an enema Ah, uh, okay. You I've know, never tried it, so. Well, I mean, it's funny. You we're so different, Tosh. You're <laughs> like I've never thought about that. I would say that's been the primary focus of my thoughts for my entire adult life. That you can douche your asshole and clean it out. That's <laughs> like most of what I think about. I think about like that you can douche your asshole and clean it out. Then my family. Then my career. Then God. <laughs> then America. And how we're gonna get this country back? <laughs> I mean, what a way to go if you're an ant, huh? 
what a what a what a unseemly ant death. You're just crawling along trying to find watermelon or something, and then all of a sudden you're just picked up in a piece of plastic and shoved in some lady's asshole, cleaned out into her dirty dirty sewer water, and then kaplooshed into the toilet. So once it once it enemas, all the stuff comes out of you. It goes into this like into the enema. No, I think it, you then you just plurp it out and then you throw it away. The do, the enema? Yeah. No, you put it in your mouth to clean it and then you <laughs> use it again. You put Purell on it and then you put it back in your on your in your cabinet. And then wash your hands. <laughs> then you wash your well, you can wash your hands if you want, yeah. Cool. All right, let's hear another one. So I have a secret. Um in high school, I guess people would have have kind of seen me as just some nerdy dork president of a robotics club NHS fucking dorkest type of person, but Secret is that in reality, I was like transgender and I basically had to hide that because it was a Catholic school, obviously, and I didn't want to get kicked out. And the other secret was that me and the vice president had sex in the robotics room like multiple times under a cross and everything. It was like, uh, I guess, very symbolic. And the second part of the secret is that eventually I had like a relationship with that guy. And after we broke up because he cheated on me, I had the opportunity to tell his very strict Catholic parents that he uh, fucked my penis. And I was like right about to send a message to like his family and like his brother and everything. And I was like, I was holding back everything to try to not be petty. And eventually went out. I don't know if that was a good or a bad idea, but I did not. And I felt like I had the power to ruin his life and I didn't. So yeah, that's my secret. See ya. Phew. When she said the vice president, like, is that like... I had the same thought. I thought it was a staff Is that like a 30-year-old? No, I think it was the class vice president. Oh. Which changed... The vice president... Oh, our producers correct us. It wasn't the vice president of the school uh, body. It was the vice president of the robotics club. I don't even know what robotics club is. I think it's a bunch of dorks that make robots. But I thought she was going to say... Uh, in the beginning, she's like, everybody just thought of me as this really dorky person. But in reality, I thought she was going to be like, I was so fucking cool. That's <laughs> what I, I being, thought too. I guess in a way being trans is cool because you're like, you know you have a secret and you're different and you're like, you know, like you kind of get it more than everybody in your like parochial Catholic school. You're kind of like a, a a blossoming person waiting to go enter the counterculture. I mean, I mean, I have, sorry, the Catholic school I went to would not have been okay with transgender people. I don't think there's a Catholic school around that's down. My Catholic school was like, take off those striped socks. So you can only imagine a yeah, trans like they're kid like, coming out. They like made me leave school because I had black and white striped knee highs on. You know what my problem is? Hmm. I have like whatever the opposite of bigotry is toward queer people. Like I do actually assume like... You some, give them all the benefit of the doubt. I just think like, oh, you must be cool and funny and interesting and smart. You're, you know, queer, you're gay, you're trans. Like there's got to be something really interesting. But you know what? It's probably not true. There's probably a bunch of like really boring you know small-minded kind of dumb queer people out there but i just feel like when i meet somebody and they're like i'm gay i'm like you're cool what do you have to teach me i like that moosh you know like when you are like wanna you're like a wannabe mm-hmm. it's kind of like me it's like that seems cool all right well let's listen to another secret okay hey i'm a penny Mooner, long-time listener first time 
on the ground. I would collect them as I was out walking, bring them home, wash them pretty good, dry them, and I would wear them. So I ended up saving, you know, 20 bucks or so, but hey, if that's 20 more dollars, I have towards expensive pasta sauce and size of hummus. So Moshe, you and I have that in common. Moshe, every time uh-huh. you try to save money, it's like you're doing that. No, no, don't lump me in your weird, fucking disgusting street scavenger of of of, of medical on. equipment. You could get a one mask for like six dollars. That's your own, and just wear it forever. Or here's another one: if you're trying to avoid COVID, and that's your only like mask that you wear, don't wear a mask. Just go maskless. That's just as you're just as safe with no mask Why would than with a street mask. Up during a pandemic, horrifying. Like- <laughs> the worst secret I've heard this whole time, this whole podcast. <laughs> I mean, bring me seventeen. I cooked my parrots in a microwave. <laughs> I fucked my cousin. I mean, and all day. That was horrifying. <laughs> I mean, what? Yo, I got a secret to save a little money. Drive along the coast and find used condoms. <laughs> gingerly untie the knot. Just dri- clean them out. Drip that nut out and slap it on. You got yourself a free condom. I mean, what is wrong with her? What the fuck? Yo, I got a, I got a suggestion how you could save money on sharps. Go to a Walmart bathroom. Pick the lock of the of the biohazard box. Take out the syringes. Alcohol, one quick swipe with an alcohol rub, and then boom, you got yourself an insulin device. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I wish I knew more about her and why she chose I know. to do that. Because she was, she was like, you know, just like Moshe, we have, but I did like that she said we have this in common. Yeah, she no, like, uh-uh. that's someone who agrees more with Moshe. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's call one. We Maybe have... I should talk less on this podcast. Moshe, we have another call, and okay. they're waiting for us in Canada. Let's do it. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know, every night we sleep on a Helix mattress. Don't you love it? It is so comfortable. I just feel like it's exactly what I need each night around starting at 9 p.m. recently. But maybe you already have a mattress that does exactly what you need. Maybe you even bought a Helix mattress. We would like to tell you about an offshoot of the Helix mattress company that's just as cool, if not cooler. It's called Allform, and they make these couches that are so awesome. We have one of them. We have this beautiful leather couch that they sent us, and we it's the most comfortable. It's the kind of couch you don't want to get off of, and usually you don't feel that way on a leather couch. Well, I feel like we can really kind of chill on it together, but then also have another couple with us. Uh, we picked our fabric. We're which always is... calling for couples to come <laughs> over and just do stuff on the couch. But also the fabric is still stain and scratch resistant. We got to pick the color of the legs, the little size. And I was I was not exactly sure if the size was going to be perfect, but I measured it before and I'm so happy with it. Well, it's custom made. They've got armchairs and love seats all the way up to an eight seat sectional. So there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and actually build on it by buying more seats later if you want your all form sofa to grow all form sofas are also delivered directly to your house with fast free shipping in the past if you wanted to order a sofa it could take weeks or even months to arrive and you need someone to come and assemble it and all of that hell well 
we think that you should get one. They have a forever warranty and you can try it for a hundred days. And if you decide you don't want it, you, you can return it, but you won't because we've sat on these things and they are so comfortable. Right now, Allform is offering our listeners 20% off of all orders at allform.com slash honeymoon. That's 20% off at allform.com slash honeymoon. All right, we're going to call Michelle from Calgary. That's in Alberta, Canada. It's the capital? Calgary? I don't know. Uh-oh. I know that's where the I Olympics are. I know the were. Canadians are going to be writing saying we're idiots. <laughs> I know it. They always, everybody from a, anytime you're an American, you get anything wrong about another country. They're like, well, no, can, Canadians are cool. Can I, you don't know anything. I once, dude, I once met a Canadian. I mean, they're not as cool as like British people, but they're like cool, like nice. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Hi. Oh my How God. are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Here's a qu- here's a question, Michelle. Is Calgary the capital of Canada? No, it's not. No, it's not. Damn it. Yeah. What's the capital? I believe it's Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah. O- Wait, you believe? <laughs> You're Canadian. <laughs> That's true. It's true. I do. You People always think about between Toronto and Ottawa. Ottawa is where all the politics are. Toronto is where all the fun is. So. That's right. I like Toronto. I like Toronto. <laughs> I, like I like Vancouver. Vancouver. I like Montreal. I don't think I've ever been to Calgary, but I hear, I heard that you guys have a very, it's a very neat city. Is that true? It is. Great bike lanes right up there with Amsterdam, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. They always say, where would you rather vacation this summer? Amsterdam or Calgary? That's kind of the famous <laughs> dilemma for vacationers. Is there like a historic part of town in Calgary, like really old buildings or anything? Or is it all new? I'm sorry. It's all new, Natasha. It wouldn't pick your fancy at all. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, let's go to Calgary anyway. <laughs> Michelle, we are at your door. Actually, this is a big surprise. Woo-hoo. Come let us in. Okay, what's happening? Um, well, uh, I I think the headline for my email was that I'm a young woman with cancer and I'm trying to keep it light and romantic, like spicy, sexy, and romantic despite COVID and cancer. Gotcha. Wow. Uh, can we ask questions about that? Yeah, of course. Is it, I mean, how serious are we talking? Uh, great prognosis, really shitty treatment. survival rates but treatment is not great (laughs) got it wait so how uh, and then and it's you're it sounds like you're saying like you just want some ass during cancer well well i i have i have monogamous ass so that's fine in that Uh regard i I see it's just like you know i want to keep it light but it's kind of hard when everything seems so drenched in misery (laughs) i see Uh, okay so you're not asking us how do you find a fuck buddy that's down to fuck somebody with cancer in in a pandemic okay (laughs) well yeah okay (laughs) i thought that's what you were saying how do you find meaningless sex (laughs) when you're dealing with a serious disease but you're saying how do you stay positive yeah we were just talking about that weren't we yeah I mean, you seem really positive. That is true. You it's have like an infectious. <laughs> I don't think it's infectious. But you do have this like, you know, you're making me smile. She's <laughs> you've you've got like a lot going for you. It seems like. What are you into? Uh, well, I just finished my degree in religious studies. So that's really. Yo, cool. wait a minute. Yeah. You know who else has a degree in religious studies? Apparently you. Yeah, it's your boy over here. Did you know that, Natasha? Yes, honey, you've said it several times. <laughs> All right, what was your focus? What was your focus? Um, uh, uh, Christian-Muslim relations. You know what? 
I was studying that as well. Exactly. Abraham perhaps, perhaps the secret to you keeping it light and fun is to just go further into Christian Muslim relations because there is nothing more light touch <laughs> than the old Christian Muslim relations topic. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I get what you're saying. How do you, with when things are very serious, how do you find ways to keep it light, basically? Even yeah. though in your rea- your reality is telling you this is things are really serious right now. First of all, stop checking your bangs on on this. Um, you look really good. Oh, you look perfect. You, There's nothing. Like, you look that's not obvious. <laughs> well, you just you just really doing it right now. You're like, I got. Do I look good? I look good. <laughs> um. But I think like I think what there's a line in AA that says uh, the goal is to be able to match calamity with serenity, and that's like to me that's the whole challenge of life. It's like life is rocky, and you know that more than we do because you're dealing with a, an actual, true, rocky, difficult thing. That even with a positive prognosis, it's going to be negative. Even in the best case scenario, it's going to be difficult and physically hard for you, basically. More or less, yeah. Yeah. And I think like just finding a way, yeah, like to to stay like that kind of right-sized calm in the storm. And maybe that's generic advice. Tosh, what do you think? This is very hard for me to say because I, I've never gone through anything like this. So I don't want to sound flip or anything, but I guess my instinct is saying maybe... Smoke some weed. <laughs> Definitely do that. But maybe there's a way to, because you're someone who has all of this, you know, that you're kind of bearing, you know, you're dealing with, maybe there's something to, um, I'm trying to think of how to say this, but because you, you have this positivity, you are dealing with this, what if you could spread it even more? You know, like what if you really tried to focus on your interactions and just really trying to like cheer people up or make people, you know, like try to always be that balm or that, you know, and maybe then you would like just, if you can do it, other people can do it, you know? And I think that being that positive um you know, example of like every interaction, trying to always leave it, like leave people a little happier. I don't know if you just kind of focused on that, maybe it could take the focus off yourself a little bit too. Absolutely. It's just the biggest thing right now is that like each treatment kind of makes me feel like I'm about to die afterwards. And so it's like the most selfish time in my life. And that's kind of hard, especially as a woman, especially as like, you know, um, a partner and like someone who's like, um, yeah. active in schools and extracurricular and um yeah I, I, I really feel the this and the sense of um nurturing and womanhood like really leave me because I have to just lay in bed and recuperate at this time it's making me feel really powerless how many days we have to lay in bed like um so my treatments are 21 cycles long 21 days long and so i get treatment on day one and day eight and then day one to seven is hell then i get treatment again then day eight to 13 is hell again i get seven days of rest when okay okay i have some logistical questions for you but first of all i wanted to say like i i'm again forgive any insensitivity for us over prescribing things that are easy for us to say but difficult for us to implement because we're not in your position but like you're saying you're feeling really powerless and like i can tell just by the few minutes i've talked to you that you like to be like you're kind of a boss and you're kind of like a a, a positive light and a and a busy person and you're like in charge of life a little bit right and so for am i wrong about that 
I think I think you have a good sense of judgment. Yeah, that's, it's it's very obvious, and it's a good positive attribute. But for a person like you to to be dealt a set of circumstances where the universe and your physical body is telling you you can't be the kind of person that you are comfortable being. It's it's not that it would be easy for anybody, but for you in particular, being feeling powerless is like that's that's the worst feeling you could have, right? And it's like, but. I, when you said I feel really powerless, my in my head, my instinct, I was like, you are powerless. That is what you're experiencing right now. You are powerless, and like that is okay. Like it's not going to be forever. It's and, and it's probably even going to be uh, in the long run, especially with the ninety five percent survival rate. I feel really good that you said that because it allows me to very easily give pithy uh, advice without worrying about being a complete piece of shit asshole. Uh, is that eventually you're going to get all that power back? And so, so now you'll have, now you'll be this boss lady, I'm in charge, I'm, I grab life by the throat and body slam it person with the experience of what it feels like to have that taken away from you. So it's like that'll be even more, you'll have even more of that energy because sometimes in life, the universe or God or whatever hands you a set of circumstances that are the opposite of what you want. And I'm not going to say they're what you, they are what you need, but because I don't believe that. But it's like it is it is reality. You know, people die in your life. You get sick. You're you get you go broke. People leave you. People cheat. I mean, life is filled with these these pitfalls and these booby traps of pain and but, suffering. But health is kind of at the top of everything. Health I is mean, more important than all of it. Yeah. So so that is the thing. Like you have to just be. You have to give in to this recharge whatever it is the feeling like shit you know it's like it yeah i mean i've never had to go through that so so i have some questions logistically when do you feel in your cycle of of uh treatment when there is there a time when you can schedule going oh this is when i'm going to be feeling okay i'm going to actually be feeling good on these days yeah, I get five days every 21 days where I feel good. So, <laughs> that's, that's just a limited amount So of time. great. That sucks. But that's the situation you're in. You are powerless over that, right? Um, and you have a partner, a monogamous partner. And I'm guessing, mm-hmm. am I wrong, that you are kind of the person that's in charge of that? You're kind of like the, bo- the, the, the intrepid hero of that relationship. And your partner kind of like usually is used to you taking care of them. More or less. Like I... I, uh, I, I, I like to think that um, we t- um, I take on the woman role really well and that like that is a nurturing there's a taking care of the household which I really do enjoy yeah. he's like the provider and whatnot but um, in terms of like setting the rules and setting the pace it's where I feel comfortable and he feels very comfortable taking a step back in that regard so here's the bad news you got to schedule these five days and then you got to lean on your partner and say you have to take care of me on those five days you got to take me out we're going to schedule stuff that's going to be fun and that i can deal with don't overcommit. don't be like yeah i'm gonna fucking skydive in between my cancer treatment and then i'm gonna climb mount Everett. you schedule something that's right for you that'll make your life feel like really just easy and fun in those five days and let him take care of you kind of allow yourself indulge yourself like to be the biggest, most hedonistic, it's all about me. I, I'm i not going to take care of anybody else. He's going to take care of me five days. And that can be the thing that you look to that, that, that in between the, these moments of agony. Right, Taj? That's a good idea. 
it's not really hard though as someone who's like so micromanaging about the sort of thing like well yeah but the, like, cancer's not supposed to be easy it, oh. it you know i mean it's just difficult you're in the middle of a difficult situation and but you you're so lucky in that beyond the survivability rate you're so lucky in that you have such an awesome outlook on life and such a positive uh, personality but also that you have this partner that that even though you're going to have to go into uncomfortable roles like i wouldn't be comfortable if natasha was you know like dabbing me or whatever with you know wait so you're saying the days that she feels better you think her partner should take care of her they i'm saying they should go out and have an adventure but it shouldn't be michelle going like okay it's day one of my good feeling days and so Nobody, here's what the itinerary is we're gonna go this place and this but place here's and this. the problem with that is a lot of guys and a lot of people but mostly guys are not good at planning things but i'm mm. but you have tw you have 21 days of agony to do the planning where you're just sitting there and so you can kind of just chill out feel bad but make a plan for when you're going to feel good again well all i'm saying is i'm not saying turn it over to him i'm saying that those five days should be all about you they should be pure michelle revelry and hedonism and fun or whatever it is that you want to do and he should be in charge of of facilitating that what do you think? You think that's unrealistic? But isn't it always about me? Like the sick days are about me, then the good days are about me too. It just feels overwhelming. Oh. Yeah, it's about you're allowed to make it about you when you're sick. And that's what being a good partner is, is being like, yeah, I'm going to make her good days good. What you think you're, is he kicking a can going like, she's so focused on herself when she's in her cancer treatment there's no world no he's he's great it's just that like i don't want i don't like i don't want him to like get resentful you know those statistics where it's like one in five men end up leaving their chronically ill partners in the midst of this when they're like you know in heterosexual couples that's a that's a real statistic that's been released and like i don't believe that he's that type of person but um that those circumstances manifest in that sort of thing right and i wouldn't think about true. stuff like that at all i wouldn't even have that statistic in my head i know you're trying to micromanage whether or not the degree to which you can allow the person who loves you to love you all the way through your sickness and that's my, you're trying to micromanage micromanaging you're like well if i micromanage too much and i'll have micromanaged that is micromanaging and it's like you gotta just like i don't think that's worth i'm with natasha yeah and i think that um just trying to get closer on those days and you know can can you i just that it's hard for me to give advice because um i feel like everything i say I don't really know what it's like to, to be sick in, in bed for most of the month. Well, I thought I don't your, really know what I would do. I thought your advice to help someone else is really good advice. Um, what I can say uh, on a micro level is uh, when I am down and someone calls me and they want help, it doesn't it, it has the opposite effect of me going like like oh, I, I want to be down right now. It's like, no, I want to be in your brain instead of in my brain. Like, I don't want to be, and I don't know how how applicable that is to, to being f truly physically in agony from the treatment, but maybe if there's a small way for you to help someone else or take a phone call or do whatever small th amount of thing you could do to like forget about your circumstances, that's probably a good, I think that's a good thing. And when you're, when you're in bed and it's like terrible, can you like listen to things are, are you like on your phone? Are you, or are you just laying down? 
I'm just laying down like sitting up right now is kind of agony the only thing that's keeping me going is how excited I am to talk to you well, well we're excited to talk to you I mean I think like you're probably tired of hearing this or whatever but our primary feeling I don't know about you Natasha but I assume it's the same as me is we're really impressed with you and how you're dealing with this like you don't you don't seem like a person who's defeated or seem like a person who's down or not keeping it light your energy is like super it's it's more positive than natasha and my energy 90 percent of the day so like our my primary feeling is uh, is admiration and not just like oh you're a hero you got sick but more like it, wow you're doing the thing that i said in the beginning like you you're already seem like you're matching your your situation which is calamity with a degree of serenity you're a very impressive figure just in the few minutes we've been able to talk to you so your your boyfriend or partner or whatever should be so lucky as to be able to show you a good time five days a month i mean you know it's bring bring you gatorade for 21 days and then take you out to the what calgary maple garden or whatever it is you guys have there what do you guys recommend for those five days of like um, of um, levity that I have available? That is a good question. What do you have? Can you leave Calgary? I, I don't know how much energy you have when you're feeling good. I think I have a lot of energy when I'm feeling good. It's just that like it tanks as soon as those five days are over. Mm, fascinating. <laughs> um, I think that nature is like the best thing you could be doing. Big time. <clears throat> so anything outside, outside in nature, um, you could... Rent an RV and go to, I don't know if they have national parks there. They do. They or have some, a, a beautiful national park system in Canada, right? You know, you could like, there's yeah. just so much beauty in Canada and so much nature. Like you could, you know, travel a couple hours or, I don't know, a picnic or um, a music festival. Like you have to just kind of like look and see what's happening and maybe book book a ticket for something, you know, or tell him, I'd really like to do this. In January, you know, whenever I'm going to be feeling, you've got to kind of tell him, like, if I want Moshe to do something like that, I have to tell him many times. I have to tell him like four or five times, send him the link, ask him if he got the tickets, ask him again, send him the link. But he usually will do it. So, you know, you just if, if someone's not naturally like that, you just have to kind of help them a little. I'm with Natasha, except for the part where she bashed me. I think nature <laughs> is going to feel so different. Being out in beautiful, breathtaking nature is going to feel so different from being from la the laying in bed. Forget the actual agony of the treatment, but just the monotony of what you have to do during it, which is just sit there to be out in majestic, huge, beautiful. Or just nature. outside, like look, look up in the Calgary, you know, weekend times, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> things to do outside. Mm -hmm. And I think just like. There will be, especially in the summer, you know, I think there's just like a lot. And, and with COVID, everyone wanting to be outside, there's going to be a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Get outside. I like this idea of music festivals. Uh, we recommend, what are the cities we recommend? If you Could you fly or do you not want to fly? We could we could fly, but mostly it's going to be driving. But driving. BC, Vancouver is like right there. Oh, yeah. Go to go to the ocean. Get out to BC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hell yeah! Go to Victoria. Go to go to the go to the rainforest. Get on a hovercraft. Go see an orca. Like, yeah, get on a fucking hovercraft. Like, f treat those five days 
like a like a gift where you have to pack in as much life as you possibly can. And then the beautiful part is you're going to get better. And then after that, every day you can be like, wow, I had all these added up five days of unbelievable life. Now I want to make that every day. And so you're like about to pop into this experience, I feel. Try the, try try one. Try the next one. The next one, go on a, a on a, on a, a BC Grand Adventure where you spend a lot of time outside, eat at the best restaurants in Vancouver, go to the fucking rainforest, see an orca. I mean, that, that's that sounds like quite a trip, Moshe. <laughs> All you got to do is drive to BC. You can do this. That's I what we do. think. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck. Yeah. And will you keep in touch with us, please? And tell us Absolutely. how the if you if you do a five day adventure, can we hear about the first one you do? I will send pictures and type away. I love that. Yes. Get back in touch. And we wish you the best of luck. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much, Natasha and Moshe. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Oh, live comedy, too. You should come see us sometime. Um, Tosh. Yeah. That was real. I mean, but that's life, isn't it? That's part of it. Yeah, I complain for no reason a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't mean well, yeah. I mean, I had the same experience. It's like you you think you think things are dour and then you go like, "Well, wow, like there's so many people out there living through their version of what that kind of suffering is and then finding a way to stay positive and stay stay in the in the stream of life even though they're having to deal with that i mean at least she's gonna get better that's the that's the positive thing there yeah anyway honey health is everything you're everything to me i'm very glad that you're uh healthy i'm glad you're healthy too oh yeah and i love you i love you too